Chapter Eleven, Part Two of Nana by Emile Zola, translated by Burton Rasco. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Eleven, Part Two. The gatekeeper had permitted them to enter the enclosure, not daring to stop the woman on the count's arm. Nana, full of pride, on at length placing her foot on that forbidden spot, studied her poses and walked slowly along in front of the ladies seated at the foot of the stands on ten rows of chairs there was a deep mass of elegant costumes blending their gay colours in the open air chairs were turned round friends had formed into groups just as they chanced to meet the same as in some public garden with children playing around and higher up the tiers of the stands were filled to overflowing whilst the delicate framework cast its shadows over the light-coloured garments nana stared at the ladies she made a point of looking fixedly at countess sabine then as she passed in front of the imperial pavilion the sight of mufa standing up near the empress in all his official dignity amused her immensely oh how stupid he looks said she out loud to vandeuvre she wished to see everything this bit of a park with its lawns and its groups of trees did not strike her as very interesting a refreshment contractor had set up a large bar near the railings beneath an immense circular thatched roof a crowd of men were shouting and gesticulating this was the betting ring close by were some empty horse boxes and to her disappointment she merely beheld the horse of a gendarme then there was the paddock a little more than a hundred yards round where a stable lad was walking valerio too well covered up and that was all with the exception of a number of men on the gravel paths wearing their orange-coloured tickets in their buttonholes and a continual promenade of people in the open galleries of the stands which interested her for a moment but really it wasn't worth while being upset because one was kept out of there Degonet and faucherie who were passing bowed to her she beckoned to them so they were obliged to draw near and she launched into abuse of the enclosure then interrupting herself she exclaimed hallo there's the marquis de choix how old he's looking he's doing for himself the old rogue is he still as unruly as ever then degonet related the old fellow's last prank the story of the day before which had not then got about after hovering around for months he had just given gaga it was said thirty thousand francs for her daughter amelie well it's abominable exclaimed nana indignantly it's a fine thing to have daughters but now i think of it it must have been lily that i saw over there in the brougham with a lady i thought i knew the face the old fellow must have brought her out vandeuvre was not listening but stood by impatiently and anxious to get rid of her however faucherie having said that if she had not seen the bookmaker she had not seen anything the count was obliged to take her to these in spite of his visible reluctance this time she was satisfied it was really very curious in an open space composed of a series of grass plots bordered by young chestnut trees and shaded by tender green leaves a compact line of bookmakers forming a vast circle as though at a fair awaited those desirous of betting in order to overlook the crowd they were standing on wooden benches they had posted up their betting lists against the trees whilst with an eye ever on the watch they at the least sign made notes of bets so rapidly that some of the spectators gazed at them with open mouths and without comprehending all was confusion odds were shouted out and exclamations greeted the unexpected changes in the prices and now and again increasing the hubbub scouts running at full speed would arrive and call out at the top of their voices the news of a start or a finish 
which would raise a long murmur midst all that fever for gambling beneath the shining sun how funny they are murmured nana highly amused their faces all look as though they were turned inside out you see that big one there well i shouldn't care to meet him by myself in the middle of a wood but vandeuvre pointed out to her a bookmaker an assistant in a draper's shop who had made three millions in two years slim delicate-looking and fair he was treated by every one with the greatest respect he was spoken to smilingly and people stood by to look at him they were at last about to leave when vandeuvre nodded to another bookmaker who thereupon ventured to call to him he was one of his old coachmen an enormous fellow with shoulders like an ox and a very red face now that he was tempting fortune on the race-course with a capital of doubtful origin the count gave him a helping hand commissioning him with his secret betting and always treating him as a servant from whom one has nothing to hide in spite of this protection the fellow had lost some very heavy sums one after another and he also was playing his last card on that day his eyes all bloodshot and himself on the verge of a fit of apoplexy well marichal asked vandeuvre in a low voice how much have you against five thousand louis sir replied the bookmaker also speaking low that's good isn't it i must admit that i've lowered the price i've laid the odds at three to one vandeuvre looked greatly annoyed no no i won't have it put it back at two to one at once i will never tell you anything again marichal oh but what can that matter to you now sir resumed the other with a humble smile of a confederate i had to attract the people so as to place your two thousand louis then vandeuvre made him give over but as he went away marichal recollecting something regretted that he had not questioned him respecting his filly's rise in price he was in a pretty mess if the filly had a chance for he had taken two hundred louis about her laying fifty to one against nana could not make anything out of the words whispered by the count but she did not dare question him again he seemed more nervous than ever and abruptly placed her under the care of la bordette whom they found waiting at the entrance to the weighing-place you must take her back said he i have something to attend to good-bye and he went inside it was a narrow apartment with a low ceiling and almost filled with a big weighing-machine it was like the room where luggage is weighed at a small suburban station nana was again greatly disappointed she had figured to herself a very vast affair a monumental apparatus for weighing the horses what they only weighed the jockeys then there was no need to make such a fuss about it seated in the scales a jockey looking an awful fool with his saddle and harness on his knees was waiting till a stout man in an overcoat had taken his weight whilst a stable lad at the door held the horse cousinus around which the crowd gathered silent and wrapped in thought they were clearing the course la bordette hurried nana but he returned a few steps to show her a little fellow talking to vandeuvre apart from the others look there's price said he ah oh, yes he rides me she murmured with a laugh she thought him very ugly to her all the jockeys looked like fools no doubt said she because they were not allowed to grow that one a man of forty had the appearance of an old dried-up child with a long thin face looking hard and death-like and full of wrinkles his body was so naughty so reduced that the blue jacket with white sleeves seemed to cover a piece of wood no she resumed as they moved away you know he isn't my fancy a mob still crowded the course the wet trodden grass of which looked almost black 
the crowd pressed in front of the boards placed very high up on iron posts which exhibited the numbers of the starters and with raised heads greeted uproariously each number that an electric wire communicating with the weighing-place made appear some gentlemen were ticking their racing cards pichenette having been scratched by his owner caused a slight commotion nana however simply passed by on la Baudette's arm the bell was ringing persistently for the course to be cleared ah my friends said she as she re-entered her landau it's all humbug their enclosure every one about applauded her return bravo nana nana is restored to us how stupid they were did they think her one to give them the slip she returned at the right time attention it was going to begin and the champagne was forgotten every one left off drinking but nana was surprised to find gaga in her carriage with bijou and little louis on her knees gaga had come there for the sake of being near la faloise though she pretended that she had done so because she so longed to kiss the baby she adored children ah by the way and lily asked nana it's she is it not in that old fellow's brougham over there i've just been told something that isn't very creditable gaga assumed a most grieved expression of countenance my dear it has made me quite ill said she woefully i cried so much yesterday i was obliged to keep my bed all day and even this morning i was afraid i should not be able to come well you know what my notion was i did not wish her to do as she has done i had her brought up in a convent and intended getting her well married and she always had the best advice and was constantly looked after well my dear she would have her own way oh we had such a scene bitter tears unpleasant words until it ended by my slapping her face she felt so dull she would try the change then when she took it into her head to say it's not you anyhow who have the right to prevent me i said to her you're a wretch you dishonour us be off and so off she went but i consented to make the best arrangement i could for her however there's my last hope gone and i had been planning ah such grand things the sounds of a quarrel caused them to stand up it was georges who was defending vendeuvre against several vague rumours that were passing from group to group how absurd to say that he no longer believes in his horse exclaimed the young man only yesterday at the club he backed lusignan to the extent of a thousand louis yes i was there added philippe and he didn't back nana for a single louis if nana's got to ten to one it's not owing to him it's ridiculous to give people credit for so much calculation besides what interest could he have in behaving so la bourdette listened in a quiet sort of way and shrugging his shoulders observed let them say what they like they must talk of something the count has just laid another five hundred louis at least on lusignan and if he's backed nana for a hundred it's merely because an owner must show some faith in his horses what the devil can it matter to us yelled la faloise waving his arms spirit will win france is nowhere bravo england a tremor passed slowly through the crowd whilst a fresh peal of the bell announced the arrival of the horses at the starting-place then nana to obtain a better view stood up on one of the seats of her landau treading on the bouquets of forget-me-nots and roses with a glance round she took in the vast horizon 
at this last moment when the excitement was at fever heat she beheld first of all the empty course enclosed by its grey barriers along which policemen were stationed at intervals and the broad band of muddy grass before her became greener and greener in the distance until it merged into a soft velvety carpet then as she lowered her eyes and gazed around in her immediate vicinity she saw an ever-moving crowd standing on tiptoe or clambering on to the vehicles excited and animated by the same passion with the horses neighing the refreshment tents shaking in the wind and riders on their steeds in the midst of the foot-passengers hastening to the barriers whilst when she looked at the stands on the other side of the course the people seemed smaller the mass of heads appeared merely a medley of colours filling the paths the benches and the terraces beneath the dull sky and she could see the plain beyond behind the ivy-covered windmill to the right there was a background of meadows intersected with plantations in front as far as the seine which flowed at the foot of the hill park-like avenues along which interminable rows of immovable vehicles were waiting crossed each other then on the left towards boulogne the country spreading out again opened into a view of the bluey heights of meudon intercepted only by a row of palonias the rosy tufts of which without a single leaf formed a sheet of vivid crimson people still continued to arrive numbers were hastening from over there like so many ants as they wended their way along a narrow path which crossed the fields whilst far off in the direction of paris the spectators who did not pay a host who camped out in the wood formed a long black moving line under the trees on the outskirts of the bois but suddenly a feeling of gaiety excited the hundred thousand souls who covered that bit of a field with a commotion of insects disporting themselves beneath the vast sky the sun which had been hidden for the last quarter of an hour reappeared and shone in a flood of light and everything sparkled once more the women's parasols looked like innumerable shields of gold above the crowd every one applauded the sun gay laughter saluted it and arms were thrust out to draw aside the clouds at this moment a police officer appeared walking alone along the centre of the now deserted course higher up towards the left a man could be seen holding a red flag in his hand that's the starter the baron de mauriac replied la bordette to a question of nana's among the men surrounding the young woman and who pressed even on to the steps of her landau there arose a hubbub of exclamations of sentences left unfinished in the flush of first impressions philippe and georges bordenave la Faloise could not keep quiet don't push let me see ah the judge is entering his box did you say it was monsieur de souvigny i say he must have good eyes to decide a close contest from such a place do be quiet they're hoisting the flag here they come look out the first one is cousinus a red and yellow flag waved in the air from the top of the starting-post the horses arrived one by one led by stable lads the jockeys in the saddle their arms hanging down and looking mere bright specks in the sunshine after cousinus azar and boom appeared then a murmur greeted spirit a tall handsome bay whose harsh colours lemon and black had a britannic sadness valerio too met with a grand reception he was a lively little animal and the colours were pale green edged with pink vendeuvre's two horses were a long time making their appearance at length the blue and white colours were seen following frangipane but lusignan a very dark bay of irreproachable form was almost forgotten in the surprise created by nana's appearance no one had ever before seen her thus the sunshine gave the chestnut filly the golden hue of a fair-haired girl 
she glittered in the light like a new louis with her deep chest her graceful head and neck and shoulders and her long nervous delicate back why she has hair the colour of mine exclaimed nana delighted i feel quite proud of her they all climbed on to the landau bordenave almost trod on little louis whom his mother had forgotten he caught hold of him grumbling in a paternal manner and lifting him on to his shoulder he murmured poor young un he must see too wait a minute and i'll show you your mamma there over there look at the gigi and as bijou was scratching his legs he lifted him up also whilst nana delighted with the animal that bore her name glanced at the other women to see how they took it they were all madly jealous at this moment old tricon on her cab immovable until then waved her hands and shouted some instructions to a bookmaker over the crowd her instinct prompted her she backed nana la faloise was making an unbearable row however he was quite smitten with frangipane i've an inspiration he cried just look at frangipane see what go there is in him i take frangipane at eight to one who'll bet do be quiet la bordette ended by saying you'll only regret it all by and by frangipane's a jade declared philippe he is already wet with perspiration look they're going to canter the horses had turned to the right and they started on their preliminary canter passing in front of the grandstand in a disordered crowd then the excited remarks broke out again everyone spoke at the same time lusignan is in good condition but he is too long in the back you know not a farthing on valerio too he is nervous he holds his head too high it's a bad sign hallo it's burn who is riding spirit i tell you he has no shoulder a good shoulder means everything no spirit is decidedly too quiet listen i saw nana after the race for the grande poule des produits she was soaking her coat as though dead and breathing fit to burst twenty louis she isn't placed enough enough what a confounded nuisance he is with his frangipane it's too late they're going to start la faloise almost crying was struggling to get to a bookmaker the others had to reason with him all the necks were stretched out but the first start was not a good one the starter who in the distance looked like a thin black stick had not lowered his red flag the horses returned to the post after a short gallop there were two other false starts at length the starter getting the horses all well together sent them off with a skill that won admiration on all sides magnificent start no it is chance never mind they're off the noise died away in the anxiety which filled every breast now the betting ceased the game was being played on the immense course complete silence reigned at last as though all breathing was suspended faces were raised white and trembling at the start hazard and cosinus had made the running leading all the others valerio too followed close behind them the rest came on in a confused mass when they passed in front of the stands shaking the earth and with the sudden gust of wind caused by their immense speed the group had stretched out to fully forty lengths frangipane was last nana was a little behind lusignan in spirit the deuce murmured la bordette the english one is picking his way well through them every one in the landau had something to say some exclamation to utter 
all stood upon tiptoe and watched intently the bright colours of the jockeys borne along in the sunshine as they ascended the incline valerio too took the lead cousinus and azar were losing ground whilst lusignan and spirit neck and neck were still followed closely by nana damn it the english horse has won that's quite plain said bordenave lusignan is tiring and valerio too can't stay well it is disgusting if the english horse wins exclaimed philippe in a burst of patriotic grief a feeling of anguish gradually overwhelmed that mob of people another defeat and a wish of extraordinary ardour amounted almost to a prayer for lusignan's success was inwardly expressed by all whilst they abused spirit and his funereal-looking jockey the crowd scattered over the grass broke up into bands who were running with all their might horsemen galloped swiftly over the ground and nana turning slowly round beheld at her feet that surging mob of men and animals that sea of heads looking as though dashed about and carried along the course by the vortex of the race streaking the bright horizon of the jockeys she watched the fast-stepping legs which as the distance increased assumed the slenderness of hairs now at the farthest limit of the circle she saw them sideways looking so small and slight against the green background of the bois then suddenly they disappeared behind a large cluster of trees close to the course don't despair cried georges still full of hope it's not over yet the english horse is caught but la faloise again overcome by his disdain for the national cause became quite scandalous in his applause of spirit bravo it served them right france was in need of the lesson spirit first and frangipane second it would aggravate his fatherland la bordette whom he thoroughly exasperated seriously threatened to throw him out of the carriage we'll see how long they take quietly observed bordenave who with little louis on his shoulder had pulled out his watch one by one the horses reappeared from behind the clump of trees then the crowd uttered a long murmur of amazement valerio too still had the lead but spirit was gaining on him and lusignan who was next had given way whilst another horse was taking his place the spectators could not understand it at first they mixed up the colours exclamations arose on all sides but it is nana nana absurd i tell you lusignan still keeps his place yes it is though it is nana it is easy to recognise her by her golden colour there look at her now she seems all on fire bravo nana there's an artful minx for you bah it's nothing she's only making the running for lusignan for some seconds that was the general opinion but the filly slowly continued to gain ground in a continued effort then an immense emotion seized upon all the horses in the rear no longer excited the smallest interest a last struggle began between spirit nana lusignan and valerio too their names were on the lips of every one their progress or their falling off was proclaimed in short disconnected sentences and nana who had climbed on to the coachman's seat as though lifted up by some invisible power was all pale and trembling and so deeply moved that she could not say a word la bordette close beside her was once more smiling well the english horse is in difficulties said philippe joyfully he is not going so well anyhow lusignan is done for cried la faloise valerio too leads the way look there they are the whole four of them close together the same words came from every throat what a rate they're going at 
oh what a frightful rate nana now beheld the group coming towards her like a flash of lightning you could feel their approach and almost their breathing a distant roar which grew louder and louder every second the whole crowd impetuously rushed to the barriers and preceding the horses a heavy clamour escaped from every chest coming nearer and nearer with a sound like the ocean breaking on the shore it was the final outburst of brutal passion aroused by a colossal venture a hundred thousand spectators with one fixed idea burning with the same hankering for luck following with their eyes those animals whose gallop carried off millions they shoved and trampled on one another with clinched fists and open mouths each one for himself and urging on his favourite with his voice and gestures and the cry of this vast multitude which was like the roar of some savage beast became more and more distinct here they come here they come here they come but nana continued to gain ground now valerio too was distanced and she led with spirit by two or three necks the rumbling noise resembling thunder increased as they came on a tempest of oaths greeted them from the landau gee up lusignan you big coward you sorry beast look at the english one isn't he grand go it old fellow go it and that valerio it's disgusting ah the carrion my ten louis are nowhere now there's only nana in it bravo nana bravo little slut and nana on the coachman's box was swinging her hips and thighs without knowing she did so as though she herself was running she kept protruding her body under the notion that it helped the filly along and each time she did so she sighed wearily and said in a low painful tone of voice go it go it go it a grand sight was then beheld price erect in the stirrups his whip raised flogged nana with an iron arm that old dried-up child that long figure usually looking so hard and dead seemed shooting sparks of fire and in a burst of furious audacity of triumphant will he instilled some of his own spirit into the filly he kept her up he carried her along covered with foam and with eyes all bloody the cluster of horses passed like a flash of lightning sweeping the air taking away the breath of all who saw them whilst the judge on the lookout calmly awaited then there arose an immense cheer with a final effort price had lifted nana to the post beating spirit by a head the clamour that burst forth was like the roar of the rising tide nana 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 the cry rolled and grew with the violence of a tempest gradually filling the air from the innermost recesses of the bois to mount valerien from the meadows of longchamp to the plain of boulogne around nana's landau a mad enthusiasm was displayed long live nana long live france down with england the women waved their parasols some men sprung into the air and turned round vociferously others laughing nervously flung up their hats and on the other side of the course the crowd in the enclosure responded an agitation passed through the stands without one being able to discern anything distinctly beyond a commotion of the air like the invisible flame of a brazier above that living heap of little chaotic figures twisting their arms about with black specks indicating their eyes and open mouths the cry continued unceasingly growing in intensity caught up in the distance by the people camping beneath the trees to spread again and increase itself with the emotion of the imperial stand where the empress joined in the applause nana 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 the shout rose beneath the glorious sun which stimulated the delirium of the crowd with a shower of gold 
then nana standing on the box seat of her landau stretched to her full height thought it was she that they were applauding for an instant she stood immovable in the astonishment of her triumph watching the course invaded by a host so compact by such a sea of black hats that the grass could no longer be seen then when all that mob had taken up its position leaving a narrow passage to the entrance of the course acclaiming nana again as she retired with price broken in appearance lifeless and as though empty the young woman violently slapped her thighs forgetting everything as she gave vent to her triumph in the coarsest language ah damn it all it's me though ah damn it all what luck and not knowing how to show the joy that was overwhelming her she seized hold of and kissed little louis whom she had just caught sight of on baudenave's shoulders three minutes and fourteen seconds said the latter putting his watch back into his pocket nana still listened to her name with which the whole plain resounded it was her people who applauded her whilst in a straight line with the sun she throned over them with her hair shining like a star and her blue and white dress of the colour of the heavens la bordette before hastening away told her that she had won two thousand louis for he had placed her fifty louis on nana at forty to one but the money affected her less than that unexpected victory the splendour of which made her queen of paris the other women had all lost rose mignon in a fit of passion had broken her parasol and caroline Equet and clarisse and simone and even lucy stewart in spite of her son's presence all swore in an undertone exasperated by that big girl's luck whilst old tricon who had crossed herself both at the start and the finish of the race towered above them to the full height of her tall body delighted at her discernment and like an experienced matron canonizing nana around the landau however the rush of men increased the band had uttered the most ferocious yells georges almost choked continued to shout by himself in a broken voice as the champagne ran short philippe taking the two grooms with him hastened off to the refreshment tents and nana's court grew larger and larger her triumph determined the laggards the movement which had made her landau the central object ended in an apotheosis queen venus surrounded by her delirious subjects behind her baudenave was muttering oaths with the tender feelings of a father steiner himself reconquered had left simone and was hanging on to one of the carriage steps when the champagne arrived when she raised her glass full of wine the applause was so deafening the cries of nana 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 were so loud that the amazed multitude looked around expecting to see the filly and one no longer knew whether it was the animal or the woman who most filled the men's hearts mignon hastened to her in spite of rose's black looks the confounded girl put him quite beside himself he must embrace her then after he had kissed her on both cheeks he said paternally what bothers me is that rose will now for certain send the letter she is in such a rage so much the better that's just what i want said nana forgetting herself but seeing him lost in astonishment at her words she hastened to add no no whatever am i saying really i no longer know what i say i'm tipsy and indeed she was intoxicated with joy and with the sunshine as with her glass raised on high she applauded herself to nana to nana cried she in the midst of a still greater increase of uproar laughter and cheers which little by little gained the entire race-course the races were drawing to a close they were now running for the vaublanc prize 
vehicles were departing one by one vandeuvre's name was frequently uttered in the midst of squabbles now it was clear for two years past vandeuvre had been preparing for this exploit by always instructing gresham to pull nana and he had only produced lusignan to make the running for the filly the losers lost their tempers whilst the winners shrugged their shoulders what next it was all right an owner could manage his stable as he chose there had been much queerer things done than that the greater number of people considered vandeuvre very smart to have secured through his friends all he could possibly get on nana which had explained the sudden rise in her price they talked of two thousand louis at an average of thirty to one which meant a gain of twelve hundred thousand francs a sum so large that it commanded respect and excused everything but other rumours very grave ones which were whispered about came from the enclosure the men who returned from there brought details voices were raised as they related the particulars of a frightful scandal that poor vandeuvre was done for he had spoiled his superb hit by a piece of errant stupidity an idiotic robbery in commissioning marechal a bookmaker whose affairs were in a very queer state to place on his account two thousand louis against lusignan just for the sake of getting back his thousand and odd louis which he had openly bet on the horse a mere nothing and that was the fatal crack in the midst of his already tottering fortunes the bookmaker warned that the favourite would not win had made about sixty thousand francs by the horse only la bordette not having received exact and detailed instructions had gone and placed with him two hundred louis on nana which he in his ignorance of what was going to be done continued to lay at fifty to one against done out of one hundred thousand francs by the filly with a clear loss of forty thousand marichal who felt everything giving way beneath him had suddenly understood all on seeing la bordette and the count conversing together after the race in front of the weighing-place and with the fury of an old coachman and the rough manner of a man who has been robbed he had just created a frightful disturbance before every one telling the story in most atrocious language and gathering a mob around him it was added that the stewards were about to inquire into the matter nana whom philippe and georges were quietly informing of what had happened kept making reflections without however ceasing to laugh and to drink it was after all very likely she recollected certain things and then that marechal was a horrid fellow yet she still doubted when la bordette appeared he was very pale well queried she in a low voice it's all up with him he replied simply and he shrugged his shoulders he had acted like a child this vendeuvre she made a gesture of being bored that night at mabille nana met with a colossal success when she arrived towards ten o'clock the uproar was already formidable this classic night of folly gathered together all the gallant youth of the capital an aristocratic company indulging in horseplay and a stupidity worthy of lackeys there was quite a crush beneath the garlands of flaring gas jets a mass of dress suits of extravagant costumes women with bare shoulders in old dresses only fit for soiling walked round and yelled stimulated by drinking on a gigantic scale at thirty paces one could no longer hear the brass instruments of the orchestra no one danced idiotic remarks repeated no one knew why circulated among the groups they all exerted themselves but without succeeding in being funny seven women shut up in the cloak-room cried to be delivered a shallot picked up and sold by auction fetched two louis just then nana arrived still dressed in the blue and white costume that she wore at the races the shallot was presented to her in the midst of a thunder of applause 
they seized hold of her in spite of her struggles and three gentlemen carried her in triumph into the garden across the ruined lawns and the damaged beds of flowers and shrubs and as the orchestra was in the way they took it by assault and smashed the chairs and desks a paternal police organized the riot it was not till the tuesday that nana felt quite recovered from the emotions of her victory she was talking that morning with madame lerat come to give her news of little louis who had been unwell ever since his outing she was highly interested in an event which at that moment was occupying paris vandeuvre warned off all the race-courses his name withdrawn the same night from the list of members of the cercle imperial had on the morrow set fire to his stable and had been burned with his horses he told me he would the young woman was saying ah the young fellow was a regular madman it gave me such a fright last night when i heard of it you see he might very well have murdered me one night and besides oughtn't he to have told me about his horse i should at least have made my fortune he said to la bordette that if i was let into the secret i would at once tell my hairdresser and a host of other men how very polite ah no really i can't regret him much after thinking the matter over she had become furious at that moment la bordette entered the room he had been collecting her winnings for her and brought her about forty thousand francs that only added to her ill-humour for she ought to have won a million la bordette who pretended to be very innocent in the matter boldly forsook vandeuvre altogether those ancient families were all done for they always came to grief in a ridiculous manner oh no said nana it is not ridiculous to set oneself afire like that in a stable i think he ended grandly oh you know i'm not defending his affair with marechal now that was ridiculous when i think that blanche had the idiocy to pretend that i was the cause of it all i said to her did i tell him to steal i suppose one may ask a man for money without driving him to commit a crime if he had said to me i've nothing more i should have rejoined very well we'd better part and that would have been the end of it no doubt observed the aunt gravely when men become obstinate it is so much the worse for them but as for the closing scene oh it was indeed grand resumed nana it seems that it was terrible the thought of it makes my flesh creep he got everybody out of the way and shut himself inside with some petroleum and it blazed away ah it must have been a sight just fancy a big place like that nearly all of wood and full of hay and straw the flames they say rose nearly as high as steeples the best part was the horses who didn't want to be roasted they were heard kicking and flinging themselves against the doors and uttering cries like human beings some of the people there nearly died from fright la bordette gave a low whistle of incredulity he did not believe in vandeuvre's death one person swore that he had seen him get out through a window he had set fire to his stable in a fit of madness only as soon as it began to get warm it probably brought him to his senses again a man who behaved so stupidly with women so empty-headed was not capable of dying in such a grand style nana's illusions were dispelled as she listened to him and she merely made this remark oh the wretch it was such a grand ending End of chapter 11